Coachella. What is that? I don't know. That's an LA it's, thing. What do you? It's know? it's rich people pretending that they're hippies. Is what it is. Is that what it is? Uh, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, I've got my coffee. Uh, I, I've got I've got my notes. Uh, so let's do this. Yeah, I'm all uh, for that. It is episode 51 of On Taking Pictures. This little thing we do every week, talking about the art and science of making pictures. My name is Jeffrey Sidoris from FadedAndBlurred.com. With me, way over yonder, <laughs> <laughs> up up the road a piece. <laughs> Mr. Bill Wadman. That that laugh of yours is infectious, I must fancy. say. Fancy. Yeah, I'm fancy that my, today. That was my best Robert Goulet right there. That, that was good. I like that. Thank you. Hey, you know, I just wanted to say that I got one of those um, four terabyte Seagate drives that, yeah. I, that I linked to. Uh, it's good. Four terabytes. Can we just think about that for yeah, a second? For 160 bucks. Four terabytes. Yeah. Uh, USB three, and I copied a bunch of stuff to it at 110 or 120 megs a second, uh, which is nice and fast. It still took all of like eight hours for it to <laughs> to copy my stuff. Wow. But you hey, know, what is faster, Thunderbolt or or USB three? Well, theoretically, it's uh, it's it's Thunderbolt, but n- a hard drive can't saturate USB three. Like hard drives are not that fast. You can't saturate. Look at, I love it when you get all techy like that. Well, it's Are, it's true, right? That that <laughs> the, the the pipe is bigger than the stuff going through it. Right? Jeffrey, what you fail to realize is, is that the that saturation the, point. Of- <laughs> That's awesome. Four yeah. terabytes though for for less than two hundred dollars. Yeah, one hundred sixty bucks. Crazy. And I you know plugged it in. So the two things about it. Number one, it's while it's not you know, dead silent. It's, it's quiet, but not quite enough that I would keep it on, on my desk all the time, but I am super anal about noise. Is it as quiet as the, uh, the Western Dig green drives? No. Okay. Um, but I don't know what's inside of this thing. I don't know if it's the new four platter, one terabyte per platter mm-hmm. drive, or if it's an older five platter one. Yeah. So it's, it's not, it's not supremely quiet. I mean, it like vibrates a little, you don't hear it. You don't hear head movement, but you just hear, you know, there's a vibration like, a, you know, there's that thing. Um, but it works fine, you know, so I plug it in and I back up and then I unplug it because it's annoying. But um, anyway, some people should go out and get 160 bucks. You could back up pretty much everything you probably have. I could back up everything I have several times over. I think what I'm well, that's what I'm going to do is get a couple of these and then swap them back and forth when I go visit friends or whatever it is. Somebody I trust. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I go over Craig's, I'll bring the drive, stick it in a closet at his house. And then next time I go, I flip them out so that there's always another copy somewhere else. Uh, I have also taken to uh, your, your, your suggestion and example of copying very critical things up into Dropbox. It's a good idea, right? Yes. Especially yes. things like, you know, family pictures you don't want to lose and that kind of stuff. It's good. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, uh, tax information, like all my tax documents instead yeah. of keeping them. I, although uh, I, I would zip them up and put a password on them if you're going to put they are. tax documents. They are indeed. Well, there you go. Then but yes. Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah totally. Yeah. Uh, so I shot a wedding last week. You did. Uh, congratulations to friend of the show, Claude. Yeah. Claude and Maya. 
uh, got married at uh, City Hall last week, uh, last Friday, and um, I went and took pictures because they asked me to very nicely. And as, you know, people on this show know, I am not a wedding shooter, and I'm not going to become a wedding shooter, especially after last Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you had you had a little a little a little uh, it's, snafu. It, no, it's you know what it is. It's oh that snafu. Well, that's a whole other snafu. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, it was you know it was fine. I, you know I brought my five D three and put a twenty four to one hundred five zoom on it. Like you know I was I was I was a good old wedding shooter. Um, and you would think though that the people who designed the brand new as of last year wedding center at City Hall. Would have been smart and actually done, say, daylight bulbs in there, like to make it easier for the people walking around taking are, pictures. Are they not? Are they like the typical sort of greenish? <clears throat> yes, they're tungsten. There are. There's a bunch of tungsten, and then there's like a few places where there's daylight, and it it changes, and it's not very bright. Like I was at ISO thirty two hundred inside, almost wide open on the lens. Wow. It was but, dark. but you're still dealing with mixed mixed sources and mixed sources and and not a lot of light. And it's like it was just it's just sort of frustrating, you know. So, I mean, you could do what you can with flashes, but the flashes never quite look good. Right. So you're trying to equalize the whole thing and it happens fast. The whole ceremony. I mean, you wait around, you go in and you get a number like a deli counter. You know, <laughs> really now serving now marrying number four. It actually says now serving. <laughs> yeah. A473. That's awesome. So, uh we, you know, we we went up, we filled out the forms and you know, I was witness for Claude and you know, that kind of thing. And his his mother was there and family and that kind of thing. It was it was it was nice. Uh and then we go into the to the room, you know, you're waiting waiting waiting. You're on this like on deck circle and there's two chapels. There's one to the left and one to the right. And you Actually, like when the guy's marrying somebody and the one on the left, they're swapping the people out and the one on the right. Like it's it's the model of efficiency. Wow. And the and guy, yeah, so that so the 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 guy's just kind of tag teaming between the two. Yeah, he goes wow. he goes from the west chapel to the east chapel to the west chapel to the east chapel. Huh. Um. And he comes in and you know he's just like hi everyone blah 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 blah, and he's just like you know do you Claude take Maya yes do you Maya take Claude yes. So by the power invested in me, by the great state of New York. Is it a shtick like that? He, he, he hams it up a little bit, yeah. Nice. Uh, but you know what? Like, of all the things that you have to do as a city worker, this would probably be a pretty good one. Sure. And this is the same guy who married my friend Cynthia last year when I took some pictures. So um, I, I know, you know, I've, I've seen this guy work Two before. weddings in as many years, Wadman? I know, right? The times they are a-changing. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it, but the thing is, is that the ceremony literally is maybe two and a half minutes, two minutes. So, you know, you're snapping away and he's saying yes, and you're putting the rings on and they kiss and then it's done. It's over moving on. You know? But look, you're, you're, you're not, I mean, look, really great. I believe anyway, wedding photographers are, are not unlike great photojournalists in that they can anticipate They've done this. They've, right. they've got the sort of uh, creative muscle memory to anticipate what's going to happen next and be there for that shot. Yeah. And some of them just take the same shots all the time. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> but yeah, some of them are, are geniuses of photojournalism, which is essentially yeah. what they are. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just not my it's not my bag. Right. So it's fine. You know, I mean, the pictures are fine. They're competent, you know, but they're you know, they're not special in that 
oh my god, look at that beautiful wedding photography kind of way. Mm-hmm. And there, I, I mean, I have friends who are that kind of wedding photographer, and they're sure they they amaze me. But I, I would never really want to do that because I don't really like weddings that much. You know, um, it's one thing when it's my friend; it's another thing when it's other people. Um, well, I think that's the other thing is is, and we've talked about this a little bit that the really great wedding photographers they they really do like the process. They really they really are happy for you. They really love those events. Sucker, and I think, I think suckers. you have to, <laughs> no, I think you have to, <laughs> you know, I think yeah. you, you, you have to, you have to be in love with, with the, the, the sort of fanciness and the pageantry and the, and the ritual and, and all of that. Wait, hold on, hold on a second. Are you huh? saying that I'm not in love with the fanciness? You're not in love with that kind of fanciness. Your, your fanciness <laughs> is a, is a different kind of fanciness. <laughs> um, I completely agree. Uh, you know, so I, the other thing I did was that night they had a party at, uh, this place called the way station, which is in Brooklyn, which has a TARDIS bathroom. Uh, TARDIS is that thing in Dr. Who. I know you don't watch Ah, Dr. Who, Thank you. but it's that blue box (laughs) in Dr. Who. uh, Right. The phone, Um, the phone booth. So they have a phone booth that opens up and it's say they have a phone booth bathroom. It's the door to the bathroom, which is kind of cute because it's bigger on the inside. Like it is on Dr. Who. It's very cute. And in fact, uh, for those people who are Doctor Who fans, uh, Matt Smith and the girl who played Amy Pond, whose name I can't remember at this exact moment, uh, visited there when they were here on a press tour last year. And so there's a napkin on, on the wall in a frame that says, you know, bow ties are cool. Have a good pee. The doctor, you know, and then and then there's, a, there's another thing where like the girl who plays Amy Pond wrote Pond was here, you know, 2112 or whatever it is. It was cute. Anyway, so alert. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) I go and I brought, instead of bringing my other camera, because I knew people would have regular digital cameras, I brought a, uh, a a Hasselblad. I've heard of those. With 3200 speed film, which is very fast black and white film. And I was shooting wide open and I had a meter and I metered and everything. And none of the pictures came out. And I don't know if my lab screwed up. Now, when you say none of them came out, none of them came out well or they're all blank, underexposed by like four stops, which I can't be possible unless my camera screwed up because I was right in what I was doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Are you sure it was 3200 speed film? Yes, because it says along the side 3200 speed film. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, you know. This is why film is trouble because every once in a while something happens and you don't have the pictures you thought you had, which I'm a little disappointed by because they were really nice pictures. It doesn't happen often, but every once in a while it happens. That's a bummer. Yeah. And I paid $8 to get the role developed plus the $4 for the role. Of, so I paid a dollar a picture to not get anything to not get anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's kind of a bummer, but you know, you, it, it happens. Uh, also you can still scan them and, and, and do something with them. Maybe they'll, they'll try to all artsy. Yeah. No, there's nothing on here. Nothing. Yeah. Um, actually there's one picture, which I need to scan anyway. Uh, one other thing too, is that there's this, uh, a friend of mine, Kent Miller was there and Kent, uh, has was it was a was a um, an assistant for McNally for years. He's a super nice guy. Shoots a lot of stuff for Macy's. Um, shoots like the windows for Macy's every season. That kind ah, of stuff. Okay, uh-huh, it's kind of uh-huh. neat. And events. So he shoots the uh, Macy's parade. Oh, um, neat! Yeah, must have great access. Oh that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, the Claude cool. shot video of the parade this year had a steady cam 
and like a wide angle, like a 14 millimeter lens on a, on a 5D and headed on Steadicam and walked the route with oh, the like cool. head usher guy. Hmm. It was pretty cool. Amazing footage. Anyway, um, Kent was looking through his stuff and found a box of Polaroid 55. Which is that film wow. that I love. Like an unexposed box of Polaroid. Like yeah. an unopened, unexposed box of Polaroid 55 that's been in a cool, dry place for the last whatever Yikes. years. And then he looked it up on eBay, and apparently they're going for about $350 a box. Now, how many slices are in a box? That's 20, I think. Wow. So, yeah, it's very expensive. Will you be purchasing said box? Um, Heather wants to. Because uh, you've I only th- got, what, two slices left? One yeah, slice two left? two or three, I think. Uh, Heather really wants to, and I'm just like, Heather, as much as I love that film, $15 a picture is not worth it. It's not, it, it's not that good, you know, but it could be, it could be, it could be amazing. I just added a bunch of stuff to my website. I redesigned my website and I, uh, added a whole section of Polaroid 55 stuff, type 55, um, which I remember. It's, it's got a great look to it. It has a fantastic look. Yeah. Um, but $15 a picture can't justify that anyway just uh interesting uh so what do you got what do you got on the agenda today we got some good stuff no i got nothing uh thanks for listening everybody. all right uh who's our photographer <laughs> of the week <laughs> uh, you see what i did there i like when Three. you're a comedian little curve yeah. little curve, curve i threw ball. you uh curveball yeah hey uh i okay i i don't get out of the house much really <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I get out of the house plenty. Uh, I go out in the front yard, I yell at kids, and then I come back in. <laughs> no, um, Friday, uh, I got a chance to go to the studio of, uh, of Jeff Newton, photographer in L.A., and hang out for a little while and talk photography and talk you know, inspiration and influence. And, and had the best picture ever taken of you taken. He, you know, he did. He really did. I, I, I don't like Out of pictures the park. of me. I, and I don't like pictures might of me I say all. your picture of him, arguably better than his picture of you. I don't agree in the least, but thank you. Um, Have you posted that anywhere? I did post it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Jeff Newton, uh, first of all, thank you for taking the time. Uh, but really interesting. First of all, he's got a beautiful studio. Uh, it's right kind of in the heart of, of Los Angeles, Hollywood area. And, uh, uh, he made me a fantastic latte and we just sat down and talked process and, and, and that's, that's kind of thing. And one of the things that came up was, was this idea of can a modern photographer be a team of one? Okay. Uh, and, and it's, it, it got me thinking about, uh, several conversations that I've had with photographers where m- more and more there seems to be a team around a photographer when you're doing certain types of photography. Uh, where you, you may have a studio manager, you may have uh, a retoucher even that you hand off some things to. Um, there may be a producer. There may, you know, there's all these people that, that are part of the creative team that, especially in advertising, it would seem, uh, is becoming, or maybe it has become already, more the norm than just the lone gun photographer. Okay. Anything to, to add to that? What do you think of that? Um. I think that that is a choice. Mm-hmm. I think that it, you could argue that it is a business decision mm-hmm. from an efficiency standpoint or a, 
you know, I, I have so much work as a photographer that I don't have time to retouch my own stuff, even if I'm good at it and I like doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have somebody come and do my retouching. Um, I think that there is a component of, um, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's, it's a little bit of a clothing thing too. Like a, I'm fancy enough to have all these people around me and that Mm -hmm. imbues me with some sort of fanciness. Does that make sense? Sure. From a client's point of view, it's the same argument that people say, you know, I shoot with medium format because clients like it better. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a studio manager, whether or not I actually need a studio manager, it makes clients think that I'm fancy, you know? Um, so I think that there's, there's a little bit of that too. Um, I don't know. I think that I think that can it be done? It depends what kind of stuff you're taking. If you're taking stuff that involves a whole lot of work, you know, when I do ad jobs or or bigger jobs, I have a producer and she gets the makeup people and the whatever it is because right, I don't right. want to deal with any of that crap and books the studio and et cetera, et cetera, well, et cetera. Is, is there is there this also this idea that from the client's perspective, if if there's a team of people behind not behind, if there's a team of people taking care of their project that they somehow feel safer, they somehow feel like there are more eyes on it, there are more hands on it, so it's it's somehow going to turn out better than if, if it was just the one photographer doing everything. Is there that? I think that there are some people who are master, say, retouchers, some people are master shooters, some people... Who, where, if you get a bunch of them together, yes, you could get an amazing product. Mm-hmm. The, the flip side of that, though, is the idea that now it becomes a committee decision as far as the artistic vision goes, right? Sure. I think there's a, there, that's definitely a potential. And, I think- and from a client's point of view, it's like, okay, now we have to deal with six people as opposed to dealing with one. Right. Um, um, I, I think with, well, let's say w- with Jeff, because that's who we're, who I was sure. talking to. It's, it's his vision, right? And there are, there are He's certain directing things, the other people. Yes. Yep. Yes. And, and, and in fact, directing is a great word because he's uh, moving into an area where he wants to direct and direct motion and video and film. Um, and I think that's an interesting jump as well from what it seems like the hardware is changing what a photographer is able to do as much as your own talent and ability. Explain. Well, the ability to shoot video is, is now uh, within the realm of the camera that you probably already own. Yeah. Okay. So if you've got a 5D3, you can shoot fantastic looking video. If you've got a 5D2, you can shoot fantastic looking video. Whereas, you know, 10, 15 years ago, uh, a film photographer, that was a very different proposition to move into that, into that realm. Well, it's a very different skill set. Sure, 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 sure. But it's, I think it's the, 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 the tools and the technology are such that it allows that transition to happen much more smoothly than it did 15 years ago. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that um, a photographer shooting video would be better at it than a, quote, videographer? 
that 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 the eye of a still photographer is more refined than somebody who does video i don't know that's a that's something that i that i'm trying to work out that's something like, okay. that i'm trying to talk to people about that do both other other than the argument from the point of view of cost savings which mm-hmm. is I need to hire somebody to do this ad campaign. Oh, we need video too. Can you do both for the same price? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Other than that, is there, is there an artistic advantage? Is there an advantage to having somebody do both of them? You know, I don't know. I mean, well, I'm not going to say most cameras. Now video now that's being shot looks more like stills in motion than video of the past. Well, video of the past, yes, but not necessarily, you know, fancy movie not, film. Yeah, of the not past. not film of the past. But in in the past, you you had a DP and you had you know lighting guys and you had grips and you had all these people that were that were collaborating to create this end product. Right. Whereas now, literally, I mean, there are teams of one or, one or two people that are producing some pretty amazing work. Yes. But I think once you get to the level where there's a lot of people involved, you have same amount of people you had involved before, or at least, you know, all the same roles filled, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah well, sure. I mean, look, look at, we, we talked about this offline. There's a, uh, I don't want to get too much into it, but the, the, uh, the shoot that, that Joey L did for the, the, the killing Lincoln. Yep. No. Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, whatever the, yeah, the national geographic or the Nova right. thing. Yeah. There's, you know, 25 people on set yep. to do these, you know, bumpers and, and yep. stills and, and, these, these, and all this kind of thing. These nice things on built sets with a light or two. Yeah. Right. Why, why and, do we need and, 40 people? And they're gorgeous. Yep. But do they require 40 people? No. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's very interesting. And I'm, I'm really enjoying talking to photographers who are on this sort of precipice of going from one discipline into another or, or kind of, you know, dipping a, a toe in the water of this to see if it's something that's going to tell a, a different story, tell a better story well, than I, what they're currently able to tell with stills. Okay. Well, I think that that's, that's an interesting way of putting it, that you're saying that it's something other than photography. Yeah. Okay. So if they are a photographer... <laughs> They're no longer a photographer. <laughs> well, and this was another thing that, that, you know, in, in, you know, what would you do? Would you do all things being equal? Would you do motion or stills? Right. And there are those people who are still going to choose stills because that's where their heart lies. That's where their vision lies. Um, I think if somebody would answer, I want to do motion, then they should have been a motion person the whole time. Why were they ever a still photographer? They should have mm-hmm. been a videographer or a cinematographer there. The, I guess my problem with the whole thing of photographers doing video is that there have been people who have been doing video all this time who wanted to do video, who had that job and are good at it. So mm-hmm. why are they making photographers do what cinematographers have been doing for the last hundred years? You know, it's kind of like, um, it's like going to a cinematographer and saying, well, you know what? You're kind of shooting 24 pictures a second. So how come, you know, why don't you just do the stills for the, for the movie poster as well? And it's kind of right. like, well, that's not my job. My job is to make the movie. 
you know right and and there's part of me that you know i was like i've shot a little video i can do it i'm competent at it but it's 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 a completely different thing so why are they why is the industry it's one thing to have the capabilities in the camera because Moore's law goes on and and we get cameras that could do all these things and okay yeah we could throw a chip in that grabs stuff off the sensor and saves it as video okay great now we can do great video on these five d's or whatever Okay, does that mean that everyone who has a, can- a camera that can do that should start offering video capabilities? You know, and there's no, people- I think because it is, you're, to your point, it is a very different skill set. Right. Th- there is some crossover. There's, there are compositional rules that, that, that may apply. There are, you know, uh, lighting rules that course, certainly may sure. apply. But th- there's still, you know, kind of going back to, to the, the, the idea of wedding photography, there, there's, there's a way of anticipating motion or seeing how a scene unfolds or moves that's very different at 24p than it is at at 1p basically. Yes. Yeah. To me it kind of feels like the way that the consumer electronics industry about 5 years ago was trying to tell everyone that 3D was the future. Everyone's going 3D. Everything's going to be in 3D. You need this 3D TV and 3D cameras and 3D and it's like everyone's like, "Eh, I don't really want 3D." Yeah. And it's great that we can get these and it's part of the reason why I really like that new Blackmagic pocket camera because it's not a stills camera. Mm-hmm. It is a little movie camera and that's great, you know. The fact that movie cameras can take stills and stills can take movie ca- you know, take or, you know when people are talking about the uh 4K thing and taking a frame out of it and using it as a picture, the fact that these things can happen is great, you know. Hey, it's more options, it's more flexibility. But it doesn't mean that those two things are the same thing. You know? do, do you think... I've looked at my favorite pictures 150 times. I haven't watched any movie in my entire life 150 times. Well, maybe right. Star Wars when I was 10. Blade Runner. Yeah. I just watched Blade Runner once. Had enough. <laughs> but it, I wonder if there is an unfair expectation that's, that's set up as well. I mean, you, there, are, there are guys out there and girls... Uh, like Vincent LaFerre, who lauded as a fantastic stills photographer, uh, you could argue equally uh, lauded as a, as a motion director now. Okay. Does, does, does the success of people like him present an unfair, <laughs> an unfair situation that you're going to be able to do the same? Or you should do the same. Or you should, yeah, or you should do the same. Well, there's definitely this, if not expectation, there's sort of this, oh, you're, you're not shooting video too? Well, then you're going to be left behind. And I don't, right. I don't know that, and maybe that's true in certain, certain specific instances, you know, where it's, uh, I don't know what, maybe for events, that's a thing. Or, you know, like some people were saying, uh, wasn't he saying the other day, uh, your friend that, that, that people will come and they want video too, when you're shooting an ad, that kind of yeah. thing. But yeah. that, there, is, there, now there, is there that are... more from a, we want behind the scenes footage or we actually want you to shoot TV ad while you're shooting a stills ad? Um, we didn't qualify it. It didn't. Okay. Cause yeah, that, those are two different know. things. If that makes any sense. Right. 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 But there, there definitely seems to be this this trend at, and it's I think it's maybe once you get to a certain level of client, yeah. uh, where they want you to shoot 
video, whether it's little video interviews or, hey, you know what, we, we just want, we want you to be a one-stop shop. We don't want to have to source a right. video person as well as a stills person, as right. well as a, well, you know look, what I mean? If, yeah. If, if it's, if it's, oh, we're doing this thing, can you have somebody doing B cam, you know, just taking footage of us shooting the ad that I can understand mm-hmm. you want to have done, but the idea of like, it's a completely different thing. It's a completely different thing. It's a completely different workflow. It's completely different lighting most of the time. Sure. The idea now, there, of putting there are things... people that are going to be able to do it and do it well. Uh, sure. But to, to levy that expectation on photography the entire as a industry whole seems odd to me. It's completely odd to me. I I I, I don't know. I maybe I am maybe I am some sort of old curmudgeon here, but just the whole thing just sounds it. It just sounds like a lot of people trying to get more for less money. That's what it feels like, you know, to, to, to get more end product and we're still going to pay you the same amount. Yeah. That's what it feels. It, fe- it feels like the, you know, the agencies trying to get more for less. That's what it feels like to me. Um, yeah, I, but, but it can work both ways. You know, it, let, let's say you're, you're, you're a stills photographer who has, uh, made this, 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 move into motion. Uh, and now you expand your studio crew to include a studio manager, maybe an editor that's on, on site, a colorist, or maybe the editor and the colorist are the same person. Um, now you can, you can go to an ad agency and take meetings and say, yeah, we can do all of this. Yes, it's true. Yes, you could do that. And that to me, that's exciting. That's an exciting time to be, to be allowing technology and and your own creativity to collide into something new. You you are always much more optimistic about these things than I am. Maybe. Um and 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 this is this may sound really offensive. Um but maybe it's because you don't actually have to do it. <laughs> you know hey, I mean? No, I, I don't take offense it's, to that at all. Look, I I I admit that I am I am lucky in that I get to sort of skirt the 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 borderlands of of these things of photography of film and I get to talk to people who are very passionate about what they do very capable at what they do and I get to let that inspire me right right but I am I am I I make no pretense about being <laughs> being one of you <laughs> you know what I mean right right uh but I get to be inspired by all of you. Yeah. I guess, you know what it is for me is that, um, video for the kind of work that I do, could I do more video? Sure. You know, yes, I have, I have the technical skills to do it. I'm sure I would get good at it in short of amount of time. That's what I do. The problem for me is that it removes the one thing that I really like about what I do, which is, spending time with the people talking while I'm getting the pictures mm-hmm. and, and cause when you're shooting video, people aren't talking <laughs> cause it's recording audio as well. You know what I mean? Like there, there's just, it's a different, it's a completely different modality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and, and doing both of these at once removes what I find interesting about the whole thing. I don't find just capturing images. That's not interesting to me. I mean, it, it sure it's part of it, but if that's all it was, which is why I don't do architectural photography or landscape photography, that doesn't, 
It doesn't interest me. Look, there's this thing in front of my lens. I take pictures of it. That's fine. But it's I don't want to do that all day long. Mm-hmm. But if you're telling me, oh, you're going to meet this really interesting person and find a way to, you know, I hate the word capture, but capture them on in a single photograph that they're going to look at 30 years from now and think, wow, look, it was me when I was 38 and whatever it is, right? That That's what's interesting to me. So right. the point at which you are removing that, I don't know. There's something, there's something missing about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do. I do. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I can, how I can personally leverage some of this to talk to more of you. <laughs> to make mad money. Nah, just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cause that's what I really find that I'm, that I'm enjoying is, is hearing more of the stories and hearing what inspires people and hearing what, people are passionate about. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I think in answer to your initial question, which was, can you be a team of one? Yes, I think you can. Can you be a team of one and go for these big jobs where they want video? And no, Mm -hmm. um, I think there will always be the photographers who are working. It depends what kind of photography you're doing, you know? Um, you know, Jay Maisel, who's going to be our photographer of the week today, uh, is, is he goes out with a lens and walks the streets and takes pictures. He doesn't have a team of people following around with a trolley full of lights. You know, when he goes home, he, yes, he has an assistant guy who actually does like retouching and stuff. Cause Jay doesn't do computer stuff, mm-hmm. but this is not, it's not like the guy's doing the work for him. It's just that Jay doesn't do that kind of stuff. And basically he says, yeah, okay. They make me shoot raw, but I just want it to look like the JPEG looked in the camera. Right. You know? So, so yeah, there are people who do singular stuff like that. Um, is it, do, do I expect, uh, 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 let's see, uh, Mark Seliger to be a lone guy in a studio? No, of course not. But that's, right. but that's a, that's a, that's a completely different level of stuff. And there's a certain amount of, of pomp and circumstance involved in all of that. You know, some people could claim that, all like all of the people in the big studio and the, the cappuccino machine and all that kind of stuff. That, does that have anything to do with what's getting done there? No. Does it have a lot to do with how people perceive that? Some people, yeah, you know, sure, they're they're sure. sure Some sure, people sure. are comforted by that, or 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 it makes them feel fancy, or you know, when you when you do an ad shoot and there's six people from the advertising company the the agency who none of which really need to be there <laughs> you know there's mm-hmm. there's account manager there as if the account manager is actually going to be adding anything no they just want a free day where they get to eat fancy food and sit around the studio um and in those situations i mean you were saying that uh just uh, uh studio is really big right it's a it's a really nice studio yeah, yeah. huge uh, huge it, room it's uh i think his what did he say i want to say th- 30, 30 foot cove. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and, it's big, right? It's, it's really nice. Now I, I, I'd be willing to bet that most of the time he's shooting, he's shooting in a much smaller space than that. Um, you know, that you're create, you're create, I have tended to create smaller spaces inside of those kinds of places, right? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. have this huge, you know, I, I've shot in 60 by 60 foot studios with 20 foot ceilings. And I'm like, can we go over in this corner and put a wall up here? Right. You know, a foam core. Sure. Like, I, I mean, it's, it's it, the, the, the shoot is going to dictate the space. Yeah. Right? You, 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 right. 
and in some ways like the, the 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 too much space is actually a bad thing right that you're trying to you try to contain it, it what it is, is it's a blank slate you know mm-hmm. now some people walk in and go oh look it's fancy because whatever it is but you know you go into um you know say greenfield sanders studio and it's you know the back of his house in the lower east side and yeah he's got this beautiful you know natural light coming in from a, on, above and you know it's it's a very pretty thing, but it's not a giant giant studio in the old sense. It's much more of the studio in the French eighteen nineties painter sense, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, or even American nineteen forties. Yeah, right. It is not a big giant white thing with a psych wall, right? Um, and 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 so I think that I think that yes, it can be done with one. Yes, it can be done with a big team. Yes, it can be done with two people. You know. Um, I think it's, I think they all have their place. Right. And I think that people doing stills only has a place. And I think people doing stills and video, if that's where you want to go, that's great. For me, it's uninteresting, even though I, I am interested in video from the point of view of like, oh, maybe I'll try making a short film just Mm -hmm. to see if I have any skills in that area. But I don't have it in the point of view of, all right, we're shooting this picture of Ann Curry. Let's also shoot video. Right, right. Like that's counter yeah, and counterproductive that's, to me. I I found it really interesting, and I and I had a really good time in, uh, during the day of of sitting down and talking through some of this stuff of of from the standpoint of of making this not transition, but adding this into uh, the, the the what you offer. He sounds I, like I a find- crazy nice guy. Oh, he's huge. He's a huge nice guy. Yeah, total sweetheart. Uh, couldn't couldn't ask for for a nicer guy really the other uh, the other thing is that i think that everyone and this is not aimed at mr newton or or keatley or myself or any of the guys who are a whole lot fancier than me but there is a certain level too where wherever you are and however you're doing it you come up with reasons to justify why you're doing it that way okay okay does that make sense Mm -hmm. like oh this is the way i do it so this is the right way to do it and it's like, well, it may or may not be the right way to do it for you, or it may may or may not be the right way to do it objectively, you know. Or even right now. It may yeah, evolve exactly. over the next six months exactly. or a year or two right. years, whatever. Right. But, you know, it's if if somebody says, Well, why do you do this? You're not gonna say, Well, I have no idea. I'm I'm just right. I'm just throwing this against the wall. Like you you come up with a justification for it, even if only in your own mind, and certainly when you're talking to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Why do I use prime lenses? Well, I don't really need to use prime lenses, but I use prime lenses, you know. Right. Uh, but I will. Co- I could talk to you for ten minutes about why I use prime lenses. Do any of those things actually have any real bearing or real reasons? Well, of course not. You know, I just like using prime lenses, and that's what I'm doing, and that's the way I work now. Do I need more justification than that? You know, do I need a label on how I work on the wall that explains it? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a certain amount of like, okay, well, yeah, you you ask Keatley, you ask Newton, you ask, you know, uh, 50 other guys, and you'll get different answers from all of them. And all of them will sound like the right answer because they've come up with a way to explain how they do their work, which is great. Right. That's and this, how they do this work. is what I'm loving. This, this These kinds of conversations are, are what I'm, 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 I'm enjoying hearing everyone's story. Of, of why and how and where it came from. And, and I think that that's fine as long as you remain a little 
you remain objective and more impartial and just sort of take it in and sure. don't get seduced by each one as it happens. Sure. Does that make sure, sense? Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, one of the other things that, that we talked about and, and I'm talking about with more and more people is, is the changing business side sure. of photography of, of, and some of these things are sort of this idea of, of adapt or perish. Right. Right. Sure. Um, and there's a, a thing happening next week with Brian Smith at Cal State Long Beach. It's a free, uh, it's not really a seminar. I guess it's a lecture that he's doing uh, at the Studio Theater, which is where I went to school, which would be kind of cool to go back there. Uh, so I think I'm going to go check it out because he's going to talk about um, how the business is changing and, and uh, you know, how to, how to make sure that you're, you're adding value or, or, or establishing value to your work, which I think is something that, what does that gets, mean? Um, I don't know. That's why I'm going. Okay. Maybe, uh, how to charge for what you're doing, making sure that everything has value to the client, whether it's, you know, something that you normally do just because you, you need to make sure that, that there's, that there is a time or a dollar amount associated with your work. Sure. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it because these are things that it seems to be changing pretty rapidly. The yeah. business. Yeah. You know, it's it just germane to our conversation. I just got an email and it just popped up in the corner of my screen from ASMP, which is the uh, American society of media photographers. Okay. And it's announcing a uh, seminar that they're doing a free seminar. And the seminar is video post-production for photographers. Huh. Isn't that, but isn't that oxymoronic? Like video post-production for photographers. It's like, well, no, then that's, you see what I'm saying? What, is, what does that mean then? What are the, uh, Stephanie Dworkin is a New York city based video editor, filmmaker, photographer, and Apple certified final cut pro instructor. She taught at Columbia university, blah, blah, blah. And she's going to come talk about apparently how to edit, fo- how to edit video for photographers it's it's basically what it is is trying to get photographers to learn how to edit video and it's like you know what there's a whole class of people called video editors that want to do that for a living (laughs) who are much better at it than you will ever be if you're just doing it part-time right you know and that's that's the whole thing is that like at a certain point i mean we talk about how you know joe schmo only shoots landscapes or only shoots whatever because he wants to be really good at that Okay, so now you have to add this whole other third dimension of is it moving or is it still? How can you really be good at any of these things if you're doing all of them? Uh, that's a yeah, that's a great question. How do you how do you balance your efforts? Right. Instead, yeah, that's that's a great question. So it's so but uh, but you should go. That Brian Smith thing looks interesting. Yeah, uh, we can put a, a link in the show notes. If if uh, if anyone if you're in Southern California and you're interested, it will be Wednesday, April 24th at uh, Cal State Long Beach in the University Theater, which is at the southeast corner of the campus. Okay. Wait, it's Cal State Long Beach? It's going to be weird going back there. Really? When was the last time you were back there? I don't know, 10 years ago. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be fun though. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. You know what I find interesting about uh looking at other people's pictures like I'm just flipping through Brian Smith's pictures right now. Um 
And even that uh, the that picture of De Niro that Joey L took mm-hmm. is that that's not what pictures look like out of the camera. Even that no. picture is very heavily retouched. Sure, you know? like to get to get that sort of uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for that that texture to pictures. Camera pictures don't look like that right out of the camera. Sure. Well, there's a punch to it. Yeah. That, yeah. That just isn't yeah. in a raw file. And a grittiness, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of funny that like we look at these pictures and you're like, oh, it looks so simple. There's only one light. It's like, yeah, there's only one light. And then there's four hours of, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Just got another ASMP thing. Video training with Apple software. For, uh, for photographers. photographers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, it's just, it's just, it, it's, 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 it's a whole it's, thing. It's well, a I mean, movement, look, but I don't know that it's a real movement. I think that I look, I may be proven wrong in five years from now. I can't get any work as a still photographer because everyone's doing video. But to me, it's losing what is special about photography. You know, I don't think it has to. I don't agree. I don't think it has to lose anything. I, I think it's 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 a it's a different skill set that you can either either choose to embrace and and figure out whether or not you've got the sea legs to move forward. And if you don't, those those photographers who who try to embrace it but but are not as adept at it as others will fall away. And those who are will find a new a new maybe not a a new business model, but certainly a new way to uh, add value and maybe explore new areas of creativity. Okay, you know what you are. Hmm. An optimist. I, you know what? I'm just a fan of the creative process. And if I am a fan of the creative process too, but, but if, if someone said to you, you know what, you you have to start writing songs because painting's just not really going anywhere. But those are two, I I think those are two, those two disciplines are much less similar than Mm. stills and motion. Okay. Maybe I, 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 you know, or somebody said, oh, you know what? We don't do jazz anymore. So you got to start playing hard rock. That's even closer than films okay, sure, and video. Sure, sure, sure. You know, stills and video. And I know that most jazzers I know are just completely uninterested in hard rock. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, it's just, it's just a different thing. I don't know. Well, it's just, it's interesting. I'm, I'm again, I'm on the sidelines kind of, kind of poking my head in every once in a while yeah. and it's exciting for me to talk to people who are going through it no it's it, and, and and look you're meeting really nice people and they start discussions like we're having now yeah which i'm yeah. all for i gotta meet these guys when i come out there yes hey uh quick rabbit hole talking about going from hard rock to jazz yeah uh i am a big brian ferry fan roxy music fan yep sure uh brian has released uh, a record called the jazz age where he's he's gotten a bunch of of jazz musicians and reworked a lot of the old Roxy music songs as if they were 1920s uh, jazz tunes. Yeah, and it's a fantastic record, just hello, complete non sequitur. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so if if uh, if if you want to check it out, it's 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 the Brian Ferry Orchestra, but he's like remixed like Love Is the Drug and and Slave to Love That's and Virginia cool Plain. Yeah, and they, and they're done really, really well. So, interesting. Com- complete, complete non sequitur, but they're uh, good. So we're gonna put some uh, links in the show notes. What do you think of this? Uh, it's funny. I read this. Where do art buyers look for talent? Thing. 
in American mm-hmm. photography. And pretty much it says they look for it everywhere. Right. <laughs> so right. that's really not an answer there, There's at no all. one place. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, well, they look on workbook and sometimes they work, they like getting emails and sometimes they like, it's like, well, okay, well then you really just have to do all of these things is what the guy's saying. Okay. I've got a question for you about this. Yeah. Uh, things like you, you just mentioned workbook, some of these different source books that are out online. They're very expensive. Uh, they're very expensive. Uh, and, and used to only exist as, a as a book, right. That you, that you got in once or twice a year, whatever it was. Uh, they seem to work for some people. They seem to not work for others. That's the case with all this stuff, but okay. Yeah. I mean, it's like social media. Some, some photographers get fantastic results and have gotten some pretty big jobs out of social media. Um, I, I know a few that have gotten some very big jobs out of social media. Other people, not a, not a thing. Right. And it's, it's strange that there, there is no roadmap, right? No. There, there, it, it brings to mind there was a documentary uh, about William Gibson and uh, the writer, and the, the title of it was No Maps for These Territories. And it, that's what it seems like. We're, we're in this almost wild west where there, there just aren't any hard and fast rules that you can apply to your, to your business, to running your business anymore. Yeah. And it's, it, it used to, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I have some friends who are sort of old-timer photographers, and it used to all be about mailers, right? Sending out mailers to all these different people once every couple months. Now, when you say all these people, are you talking about agencies? Yeah, or are you agencies, about companies, art buyers, yeah, okay. art buyers uh, at agencies, uh, then also like PR people at different companies. So, you know, send it to the PR department, somebody at the PR department at IBM because they do their annual report or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Sending out that kind of stuff. And he would send out 10,000 things every couple months. I mean, wow. he spent a lot of time and a lot of money doing it. Um, and he was working a lot, you know. Now he did he did the same thing for years and years and years. And all of a sudden, it was all dropping off because everything was moving to email. So, mm-hmm. um, and then the problem is now is that, you know, you go, let's say you go buy an account with agency access or whatever it is. And I have one and it's expensive and it's annoying, but theoretically they keep track of all these people. And, um, my agent the other day made a list for me of they, She chose 750 people that I should send my stuff to. However, only half of them have email addresses on there because they've asked for their email address to get removed. The other ones. And it's kind of like, okay, well, <laughs> so now I can only email 350 of those people. The other 350, I doubt if they don't want emails, they probably don't want physical objects either. You know, so then you're sent, you're so you're, spending so you're money. Not so, back. Okay. Wow. So it's, it's, it's frustrating now. Yeah. And then other people say, well, you know what? No physical object is better. Cause not just an email. Then you have this card and you're like, Oh, I like this card. And they put it on the monitor in front of them and tape it to something or put it right. on the wall or on their refrigerator, you know, and then you're in there. So there's, there's arguments to be made for all of these things. And when it comes, has, has it come full circle in that respect? Well, that's what some people say is that like, oh, is now is it back to physical objects? And it's like, well, no, it's back to a mixture of things. Cause some people like emails, some people like physical objects, some people like looking at portfolios on a website. Some people like looking at physical prints. Some people like looking at a book. Some people like small things. Somebody like big things. Some people like, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the problem becomes that there there is no one answer and when it comes to things like that the the black book or any of those kinds of things workbook 
yeah, you could spend $5,000 to get your picture one page of some giant, giant book. I think that those things, especially the books themselves, and I could be wrong about this, um, but that they have lost some of their import because it used to be that that's the only way that you could get a bunch of photographers in one place. Sure. I'm looking for a photographer, this thing. Oh, get that this year's black book. Let's just flip through it. Find somebody yeah. who looks close to or it. Or the, the, the communication arts annuals that came out. Exactly. Uh, you know, advertising yeah. annual writers. Right. Yeah. So okay. those, those things were, were a thing at one point. Right. Um, I think that that is less of a thing now because otherwise these people, you know, they're, they're print who buys print anymore. You know, I'm sure they still sell lots of these things or give them away or I don't know how it exactly works, but you understand what I'm saying. Sure. Um, but so now they all also do websites, right? So, okay. You could have your stuff on, uh, used to be, you could have a, a, a portfolio on ad base and creative finder and, and and workbook and whatever and each one costs a thousand two thousand dollars a year right i'm supposed to spend fifteen thousand dollars a year having my stuff all over the place you know and people talk about why it's expensive to be a photographer well those are the things that are expensive you know um and and i i have done things there was another one called drip book or something that i was a member of for a while and it was cheap it was like fifteen dollars a month which is still like frustrating, right? Cause it's just, it's a page on a website. Does it really cost $15 a month? You know, like this is how uh, they're making it, money. Yeah, it does because it can. Exactly. And, and did I ever see any work from there? Well, I don't know. You know, I don't know where every single one of my people come from or who saw what to said somebody to something, something to somebody else, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you get in these things where it's like, well, I'm not getting anything from that. So I'll cancel that. Cause it's $180 a year or whatever it is. Um, and it's just, you, you don't know where things come from. Lately, I've been getting, I got a number of calls last month because of my profile on the ASMP website. Because people, it was magazines looking for people. Right. I've been on there for two and a half years. I've never gotten a call. I got two calls last month. So how hmm. does that, ex- you know, so where does that make sense? Well, th- this is, see, this is part of the business side of photography that's very interesting to me and that that doesn't get talked about as much as declining pay rates or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, but this is interesting to me, uh, how, how self-promotion, how being promoted, how getting your work in front of people is changing. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, you could, now that emails are so cheap, right? Sending out lots of postcards or whatever it is was expensive now sending out the equivalent amount of email is free mm-hmm. okay so people just blast everybody with the same stupid email right i mean right. i i get tons of stuff from say studios trying to sell studio space i don't know i got on some list somewhere so i get a thing a day or every day or two from some studio and obviously it's just a blast to everybody on some list and if you are an art buyer could you imagine how many of those you get in a day Oh, it's insane. It's no wonder that I send my stuff to 350 people and I get, say, 20% to open the email at all, to even Mm -hmm. just open it, to preview it. The rest of them throw it out. Uh, And then I get maybe two or three or five people who actually click through to my website. And what if they click through and they go, eh, no, close. So I've sent out this email and maybe one person actually looks at it with any seriousness and then they forget about me. Or whatever. Well, and this right. look, this this is another that you just mentioned your website. This is another area of of editing or curation sure. that is 
sort of a black hole of what do you do? Let's say that the person coming to your website looks at images one through five right. and they don't see anything they like, but image six or seven or 10 for what they're looking for. is exactly what they're looking for. Which is, you know, recently I, you know, I had my website as just that big giant grid of images and it was, it was like 110 images and you could, you could sort them. Actually it was 128. Okay. 128 images. <laughs> um, and uh, I, you know, my agent the other a couple of weeks ago was basically said, you know, oh, you should you should show some of this street photography you do, like that picture from um, of uh, what's it called, uh, uh, Radio City. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't shoot that kind of stuff. And they're like, well, they want to see that you're a versatile photographer. And I'm like, they can't tell that I'm a versatile photographer from the 128 images, which all look nothing alike and yet feel cohesive. You know what I mean? Or at least that's the aim. It's like, well, see that. that how much stuff do saying. I need to show to prove to somebody that they that I am competent? Right. You know, I mean, it, and the, it, the answer seems to be the answer from what I've heard. It seems to be, you can never satisfy anybody. No, no. And that's it, so it, incredibly it, frustrating. It vacillates from less is more to more is more to, exactly. you know, you know and, and you put up 10 images and people say, well, if they can't tell who you are with 10 or 20 images, then they can't tell. It's like, well, yeah, but at the same time they come back to me and they say, do you have like 400 images more of this guy with a green shirt on? Cause we want to see that you can take pictures of a guy with a green shirt. Do you have like six other shoots that you've done with people with green shirts on? And you're right. like, are you kidding me? Like, is, and that's, that's really, I mean, that's a stupid joke example, but it's not far from how it actually is. You know, well, the, yeah, look, there, you, have, there a, you are, have a picture of a baby throwing food. Do you have any other shoots of babies throwing food? Because we don't want to make sure that you know how to do that. It's right. Like, and and there there are shoots that you're going to be hired for that you're going to look at a brief and here's what we want. Yeah. Just go make that. Right. You know, I don't want you to be creative beyond be creative within the brief. <laughs> but but I want the brief. Right. Yeah. Um, and then so my, my other to finish the other thing, the, the self, uh, stuff is that you're sending it all out, but so is, are the other 2,500 photographers in New York city. Right. So how do you get, so yeah, it's great that you're doing behind the scenes videos. It's great that you're doing blog posts. It's great that you're doing Twitter. It's great that you're doing personal projects. Everyone's doing personal projects. Everyone's on Twitter. Everyone's has a website. Everyone has mm-hmm. a blog. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point, it's sort of like the, the, uh, the scene in the Incredibles where it's just, you know, if everyone's special, then no one is. Sure. Okay. So, so great. You did a personal project. So is everyone else. Show me something special. What, what, what does that even mean? You know, what is it? So it's at a certain point, you, you, you know, you follow what all these people say and you, you try to come up with the formula that'll like break you out of the bun, the, 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 you know, the pack. And it's like, well, you know what? That might not exist. Or rather, you can't follow a formula to do it. If it happens because of the work that you're doing, that's great. But if you're trying to find something to break you out of the pack, it's disingenuous and it probably really isn't you anyway. Right. And, and that's, I don't know, that's where I kind of come from. So there's some of it that, that just comes down to dumb luck. I think so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, this is this is all interesting to me because it they're, 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 it's interesting because they're you're going to talk like, like we've said, you're going to talk to 10 different photographers and get 10 different. This is what works plans. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and, and everything always works in hindsight. You know, that the, 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 the Joey L thing, the chase Jarvis thing. Well, you know what? Joey L gets a lot of, I mean, his photography is good. He's competent. He's good at what he does, but so are a billion other guys. Right. So does he, does he have a good PR person? Maybe, or a good agent? Maybe does, does, does the work that he did in Africa with those things have any relation to the work that he's doing for some magazine or for that killing Lincoln? They look nothing alike. So yeah, in hindsight, you can come write a post that says it's because of this, that he got this work, but it's kind of like, well, yeah, but is it really, or is it just that people saw him? You know, you see see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I did. I did. It just, it's like, you know, you can, you can always go backwards and make up a narrative to why something happened. I can, I can do a narrative of why I met Conrad. You know, mm-hmm. and how that all happened, right? But like, is is that actually what happened, or why it happened? Well, who knows? It's it's a lot of it's you know, it's being good, it's being consistently good, it's doing new things. But beyond that, there's no secret sauce. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, uh, I think there is a direct relationship between personal work leading to professional work because oh, I've, talked to, I've talked to too many people that, yes. that have been like well this led to this this led to this and this led to this dream job um well sure but that's just because you're shooting stuff that you care about which is mm-hmm. which is great which is true but i don't think that that is but i think that that's just about doing good work mm-hmm. i don't think that that has anything to do with you know because I shot these pictures of dancers in motion or whatever it is that that suddenly leads to this job where, you know, I'm shooting actors for in the actor studio or something. It's like, okay, well those are completely unrelated, but somebody saw that post where somebody wrote about your personal project. Okay. Well, that's fine. Well, that's just general advertising and awareness. That's not that directly led in some real way, you know? Yeah. I mean, if somebody hired me to do those pictures for the New York City Ballet, okay, that's directly leading to it. Yeah. I mean, one of the, okay, one of the things I like in this, in this post is this idea of passion doesn't lie. And he's talking about when, you know, when other photographers show me their work and I can hear an undeniable sense of excitement in their voice, it gets me interested in what they have to say. Instead of pretending to be excited about the work that's several years old, it's much better to just go out and create something new that keeps your blood pumping. Of course. uh, Sharing personal vision, I'm sorry, sharing personal work is one simple way of showing passion. And I, I think that's... But you don't think that any serious photographer is doing this anyway? Any serious artist is making stuff for themselves anyway? I just feel like this is a self-evident thing. Mm-hmm. But maybe I don't hearing it... Hearing what? Maybe it's hearing it again. I mean, look, you're not ready to hear it until you're ready to hear it. Isn't that what they say? That's, that's okay, a thing. but if you're not ready to hear it, then get out of the way for the people who already heard it. You know? Uh, I think that's dismissive. Okay, well, come back when you're, when you're serious. You know? It's like, it's, it's like, I'm not going to sit around and, 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 and sugarcoat stuff and, and, you know, put training wheels on your bike when there's people like riding, you know, doing a triathlon. Okay. Great. If, 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 if you want to get in the game and do a personal project and, and get it out there, more power to you. But I don't think that, I think that all of that stuff is true, but I think it's almost self-evidently true. Of course. 
doing work that you care about leads to more work. Yes, of course. We need to write a blog post about this. Isn't that true? News at 11. Good work leads to people noticing good work. I think it's true. I think it is true. But I also know photographers who and artists and mostly photographers for this discussion that that don't do personal work. Okay. That they're 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 only doing the work that they're paid to do. Well, I think that a lot of those people probably aren't in photography for the same reasons then. Maybe. I know a lot of photographers who are, you know, event photographers and they don't really particularly even like photography, but it's good money so they do it. So that I think that that gets me back to to passion and those people that are passionate about what they do seeing that juice hearing that juice if it's if it's exciting to me as as someone on the sidelines then imagine how ex- exciting it is to a buyer or an account rep or a creative director uh yes and uh, you know whenever i read these things though of how somebody says oh you know when you hear somebody excited about their work there are as many people that you meet who are completely dismissive of your excitement. Yeah. That that's great that you did that project kid. There's a lot of that too. Mm -hmm. For -hmm. every guy who's just like, wow, that's really fascinating that you, you know, took it upon yourself to do this great thing. There's just as many people are just like, yeah. So if everyone else, what's, what's it, you know, what's it to me? What have you done for me lately? You want to do this job for free? You know, there's just as many of those people. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm just cranky. A little bit. That's okay, though. Keeps it interesting, right? I, I'm just, yeah. I, w- I want to talk to more people. I want to get more stories. Okay. I just think that all of this, all of this stuff is true in the sense that, yes, you know, people should get out there and do good work and, 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 and shoot the kind of stuff you want to shoot. And that will lead to more stuff in your portfolio that will lead you to being paid to do the kind of work that you want to do. That's all true, mm-hmm. but that's always been true. This is not new news, right? Um, I think that, I think that talking about it as if it is, um, a discovery or somehow, that that is why these photographers are successful. Well, there's a lot of photographers doing their own personal work and doing great work who aren't getting hired. I think that you're noticing Joey L because Joey L is doing really well and getting lots of work. So it's mm-hmm. sort of like, you know, it's, it's kind of like Harrison Ford sitting down in the actor studio and saying how, you know, if you just work really hard, you could be famous like me. It's like, well, yeah, that's easy to you to say you're famous, you know? Um, not every actor who works really hard and, and keeps at it is going to become a major movie star. Sure. You know, and if you're all you're ever talking to is major movie stars, then you're going to get a skewed perspective of how hard work equals success. Sure. Okay. Sure. That's fair. That's all I'm saying. Uh, ultimately, it all just comes back to people making nice art, you know, making good art which is the stuff that I'm more interested in rather than, uh, I mean, all the stuff you're talking about is process, but at the same time, it's also superfluous. It's meta, right? Wait, which, which stuff am I talking about? That's meta. Uh, Like, um, you know, somebody doing a personal project, that's real. 
But then talking about, oh, how that personal project will lead to more work. Okay, well, how about we just keep talking about the work? Because all that other stuff can go in any direction. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's some truth to that. Sure. I don't, I don't think that's a, a, a golden rule, but I think there's some truth to it. I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It is. It's look, it's, it's, um, I, these are good conversations. Yes, absolutely. Um, Hey, we should, uh, we should talk about Squarespace. Yeah. Hey, you know, cause whatever you're going to do, you're, you're going to need a good looking website. <laughs> <laughs> Right? You know, it's true. Whatever, whatever you're going to do. A guy, a guy emailed me last or uh, wrote me on, um, on the, 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 the Twitters last night. He said, he's, he said, I'm migrating to Squarespace after the nod you gave on your podcast. Smiley face. That's very cool. Yeah. And then, uh, Kent the other night was setting up a Squarespace site and he's just like, Oh, I think I might set it up on Squarespace. And I said, well, you know, if you do make sure you use the code fancy or old. Yeah. To get 10% off your order. And he's like, and he texted me later. He's like, what was the code again? <laughs> nice. So uh, people are out there. People so, are out there. Uh, there, there are several people in the, in the G plus group, uh, yeah. friend of the show, Paul pride. Okay. Uh, who's got some really nice work up. Um, what, his, what, what, why don't you tell me what Squarespace is all about? What is, you know, what isn't it about really? <laughs> Well, how about that? How about All I right. just throw it right back at you? Uh, Squarespace uh, is a do-it-yourself uh, web builder, so you can. They're a host and their software all in one, right? So you got you got the guys who 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 host your stuff and set up your files, and they're a whole content management system. They're the software behind the whole thing, which is fantastic. Uh, yep. They're easy to use. They've got these great clean templates. Can, uh, can I tell you one thing? You're not going to have to do with Squarespace that I that I did do over the weekend. What what what, what don't you have to do with Squarespace? Uh, I, I spent, I, I have a, another website on another thing platform. Uh, and I spent a few hours looking for some, uh, some, some wonky code and actually brought you in to try and help me figure it out. Yep. And it, it ended up being something that was completely silly. Uh, but had, <laughs> had I been using Squarespace, I wouldn't have had to do it. There you go. There so you listen go. to Jeffrey. That's right. Squarespace. Uh, um, uh, yeah. Responsive design. Good yeah. stuff. Right? Yeah. So fit, your content, you know, fits all the way down to an iPhone. It shrinks down the size of the images for, for so download faster on a phone, uh, social media integration. So you can, you can pull your stuff from your Tumblr blog or WordPress blog, and you can send it out to all the social media stuff. So, you know, announce that you just put a new post up on your blog for, uh, through, Facebook and Twitter and Google plus and the like, you know, yeah. Drag and, and drop and you your images selectively, in. which is cool. Yeah. Drag and drop your images in. So you don't have to like, Oh, upload fine. So it's just here, put them right here. Okay. Drag and drop. Yep. Um, fantastic stuff. And you know, their templates really are super clean. They're beautiful. Yes. They're, yeah. they're the kind of things that you, if you, even if you want to do it yourself, you'd end up spending $150 on the template. You know? Right. Um, they, they, they let your work, kind of be the center of attention. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you don't, you don't want people going to your website as a photographer or an artist or a visual artist of any kind going, Hey, I love the interface on your website. Yeah. Yeah. And look, when you sign up, they'll get you a free domain name. So you don't even have to pay the 15 bucks to get, you know, uh, wadman Is that a thing? Yeah, that's a thing. 
Um, <laughs> what, are you, what are you selling things over there? <laughs> they handle all the hosting. <laughs> they got 24 hour support. So you have a problem. You'd like to have this little, little chat with somebody 24 hours a day. It's amazing. Uh, look, so go try it out, but you don't need a credit card or anything like that. You go to squarespace.com slash OTP and you can, uh, you could sign up for a free two week trial. No credit card. You just give them a email address and a password and it goes, we're building a new Squarespace site for you. And like six right. seconds later, you're in this new site, uh, which is fantastic. And then once you choose to buy, which you're going to buy, uh, go buy a year and, uh, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. Yeah. I use, you know, it is, uh, uh, 10% off your purchase using fancy or old is the code. All, all one, one word. word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then and they that, ha- now that applies to, to all the plans, whether you want to do the standard, you can yep. start at eight bucks a month, yep. or if you want to add e-commerce for 24 bucks a month to get you a business account. E-commerce, and- man. So you could sell prints, say if you had wadmaneditions.com. Say, say you did. <laughs> Look at that. Wow. <laughs> I'm uh. a shill. You really are. Just for myself, though. You got, hey, look, if you don't love yourself, no one will love you. <laughs> you can love yourself. Just don't. <laughs> just don't do yourself. it. Just don't do it on the podcast. <laughs> <That's right>. um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, fantastic and super nice people. Uh, uh, Ryan and Derek over there are, Derek listens to the show. So hi, Derek. Hey, Derek. Uh, and uh, they're great supporters of our, and we love them. And squarespace.com slash OTP. 10% code is for April. Uh, fancy or old. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I, I love, I love that Derek was just like done. Yeah, <laughs> he was, he was all excited. <laughs> <laughs> They're everything you need to create an exceptional website. We thank them very much for their support. Uh, hey, so, so, uh, the, the, the you know, the, the internets are all a buzz that, that the Lightroom five beta has, has dropped today. <laughs> okay. Can I, can I make just a little commentary <laughs> comment? Sure, go okay. ahead. Okay, some crazy stuff is going down in uh, Boston yesterday. Sure. Right. Uh, these bombs and this whole thing. And during that whole thing, I get a tweet from somebody retweeted a Scott Kelby thing. And it said, breaking news in all caps, Adobe releases Lightroom 5 Beta 1. And not, Okay. That's not, that's not breaking news? <laughs> Putting aside for the moment the fact that actual breaking news was happening at the same time. Right. So, you know, let's, 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 let's save breaking news for actual breaking news. Right. Putting that aside for the moment, like a company putting out a beta of a new product that's been out for four years, like a new version of a, of a product that's been out for four years. That is not breaking news in any real true sense of the word. (laughs) Okay. That's just, (laughs) Adobe releases a new beta. It's not breaking news. <laughs> dee, 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 dee. This just in. Like, we're breaking into your weekly podcast. It's like, no. Like, if this news came out while we were doing this show, I wouldn't be just like, excuse me, Jeffrey. I know you had a heartfelt thing about the death of your mother. But I really have to bring up the fact. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Why are you laughing so much? I'm just going to let you go. I'm, oh, I'm, God, I'm not even going to rein you in. I'm just going to let you go. So putting that aside for the moment, yes, Adobe has uh, released a download for the first beta of Lightroom 5. I have noticed, though, that these betas in the past have not been particularly stable. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. What? I I tend to not uh, install beta uh, software of any kind 
uh, on my machine. I did, I did install the 4.4 uh, beta of Lightroom because it had. Uh, yeah, but that was just changing the thing of the engine. I don't. Yeah, I don't think support for Fuji. Yeah, that was not this kind of thing. Um, I personally, uh, I don't. I have in the past. I mean, now that I use this as like my main library, um, I will occasionally install the new version, open up a create a new library and dump a handful of pictures in just to mess around with some new features or something. Mm -hmm. But I would never jump right in and use this as your actual library. Yeah. Do not, do not use beta software on a production machine as your, as your main thing. That's Didn't somebody complain that it was buggy? Uh, yes. And I don't remember who it was now. And, and one of the, one of the comments, I think it was the first comment was that's why they call it beta. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's true, right? (laughs) Um, so like last year they, they swapped out the processing engine for this new 2010 or 2011 or whatever it said. Uh, I guess it was two years ago. Was it 2011, 2012? You know when they did the process versions? Right. Uh, I think it was 2012. Okay. Was it? Okay. So, so that's like the main, that was the main thing in Lightroom four was that the whole raw engine was different. Sure. Um, and it was a noticeable difference over the previous engine. Yeah. Incremental, yeah. but noticeable. Right. Um, and then, so they haven't, but they didn't add all that much from what I've seen. There's, okay, there's a per, uh, a perspective correction. Wait, what are you, are you talking about? They didn't add Lightroom 5 much features. In okay, okay, five, in five. We're talking about five. Yeah, we're talking about five. Okay. Um, yeah, there's some changes to the perspective correction. Yeah, there is, it called now called upright, which, okay, sure. Uh, but I, I tend to do all those things anyway, you know, maybe it's, okay. maybe it's better at it now. Uh, you know, so the less distortion when you're really whacking it out a certain direction, mm-hmm. hopefully that's the case. So we'll, we'll, we'll trust on that. And I think it probably is because the examples that they give, it doesn't cut off parts of it. It's sort of, it, it's, it's almost like liquefying the image more than just right. twisting the image. There are uh, probably updates to the lens database as well. Yeah, I'm sure there are, you know, but new, that, I, that could be a dot release. Exactly. Uh, there's a new advanced healing brush. So apparently you could do not just the little spot things, but you could actually do like more of a healing brush thing inside. Okay. You can change the size of the brush and that kind of stuff. So I guess you could do more blemish fixing and that kind of stuff in Lightroom. Which again, um, that, that's that been in Photoshop. So that's... Yeah. Uh, okay. A radial filter. So you could, instead of just doing gradients, you could do radial gradients. So mm-hmm. basically you could you know add vignetting or desaturate in a gradient. Uh, like a radio uh, yes. gradient, and and they are non, they're non-uniform. Is is kind of what's nice about them. You can make them so if you want to do, uh, let's say you did a portrait on based on kind of a rule of thirds thing, and your subject was off center, uh, the 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 post crop vignette is always locked to the center. But now you can use these gradients, right, uh, and create you know, your own sort of vignette. That's the kind of thing I generally would do in Photoshop anyway, to have a little more control over it personally. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, up until now, I think it'll be nice to have it. Could be good for, yeah. And it could be good for, um, for, you know, wedding shooters, event people who are doing a billion images all at once. Mm-hmm. Easier to do in Lightroom. Um, smart preview. So apparently it like creates like a proxy file that you can take with you when you don't have room for the raw. So you could work like on your laptop and then come back and it'll, it'll like, uh, sync the changes back to your main library. Right. Well, I don't, I don't even know if it's not 
having room. It's just if so many people now work on external drives. Yeah. So you can just take your, your MacBook or whatever laptop you use. So it's just bringing cached files with you. Yeah. And, and make changes. Well, why not? It's, it's, it's just sidecar data, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. But I guess it's, I guess in that situation, it would be acting on basically like a JPEG of, I, I wonder, yeah. I wonder if it is limited how far to just can push Lightroom it? adjustments. Like, can you, can you round trip into Photoshop and back? Uh, I, my guess is that it would be a Lightroom thing. Like it, yeah. once you went to Photoshop and back, it's not going to retain those if you bring it back into Lightroom. Right. Then it's a, then it's a TIFF file or whatever. Um, I guess, I mean, maybe that's interesting again for people who are traveling a lot, I guess maybe, um, smart. Uh, then there's a uh, more stuff for the book creation. So you could lay out templates better or something like that. Uh, page well, numbers, photo the way captions. I understand it. You can, you can now save custom page templates, which you couldn't do before. If you were laying out a which book, which seemed you, really stupid to me. Before. Yeah, I, yeah. I ran into yeah. that myself. I used, um, if you go to billwadman.com down in the footer, there are PDFs you can download of conceptual or traditional portrait work that you could download for, you know, somebody who wants to show my work to somebody else and print it out or whatever. Um, and I made those in Lightroom and then just printed them to PDF and it worked all right. I, you know, part of me is like, when does, when does correcting an omission become a feature? <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, you're right. You know, I mean, that, that really should have been there from the beginning, but now we're touting it as a, as a new feature. Yep. Well, let's see. So, uh, ping file support. Okay. Should have been there all this time, but whatever. True full screen mode. I don't know what it's changing. Uh, you can tap F and the image now takes up the full screen. Oh, so it gets rid of all of the Chrome on the outside. Uh, seems to be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, configurable grid overlays. Okay, fine. Uh, search criteria for filters and smart collections. Okay. Uh, lock zoom positions. So you could say zoom into a hundred percent to one, you know, 50% or whatever, I guess. Um, direction field in EXIF metadata panel direction field. What would direction be? So you could tell somebody to do something like direction, like I'm a director or like direction. Like this was taken to the East. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Uh, a lot of these feel very incremental integrity verification of DNG files. That's interesting. You could have it like go verify DNG files. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Aspect slider to lens correction. Okay. Crop overlay aspect ratio. Okay. Yeah. All this stuff is very minor. And it kind of got me thinking about the fact that there are features that Lightroom should have that they don't have that I think that they should work on. Uh, okay. Hit me. What do you well, give, give, give me, give me three features that, that, that you think are sorely missing. Well, I know that, I know that you're from. a, I know that you're a capture one user. You know, I am becoming, I'm looking you're, at your phase one snob. Oh, quit it. <laughs> wow. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, the, the, here's what I was thinking. First of all, you added ping support, add PSB support. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of strange that they wouldn't have support as, as images get larger and larger and larger. Why would you not have support for your own large image file format? Exactly. How is this not in there the entire time? Because my guess is that the PSB format is just sort of a, a a hacked version of the PSD format. I'm sure it's not mm-hmm. like a whole new thing. It's probably just like a new container that they have. Obviously, you guys know how to do it. You invented it. Stick it in there because 
There are times when my files are bigger than four gigs and I'm stuck and I have to flatten stuff in order to make it fit. I shouldn't have to flatten things to be able to save my files. My files aren't that big. I'm not working with 65 megapixel phase one back files, you know? Right, right, right. Uh, so that's an easy one. PSB support. Uh, what, what if Bert Monroy wanted to import one of his files into Lightroom to make a book? He wouldn't be able to do it. Nope, he? couldn't do it. Poor Bert Monroy. <laughs> I like Bert Monroy. He's I emailed with him a couple of times. Really nice guy. Seems like it. Yeah. Uh, I think that they should do better with multi-threading. If you grab a bunch of uh, images and you export them out as, say, a JPEG, and you go look at your activity monitor of your of your computer, like what it's using on the CPU, it's like using thirty percent of all your processors. Couldn't couldn't they? Uh, it, and, but and, here's the thing: if you select half of them, export, and then select the other half and export, and have them do them concurrently, it's like fifty percent faster than if you grabbed all of them and did it at once. Is there any leveraging of the GPU? No. Like Premiere does? I mean, couldn't, nope. couldn't they, they offload some of that processing like yeah. to CUDA cores in, uh, in your GPU? Maybe they could. I, I know that um, I'm pretty sure that Lightroom is written in Lua. Is that what it's called? I think so. It's a programming language. It's like a, yeah, it's called Lua. I think that Lightroom is written in Lua. And I wonder if there's limitations with like CUDA processing or something where that's like one level of abstraction too deep or something. Mm -hmm. But these people are smart. They'll figure it out. Right. So yeah, I wish they could use more GPU and just if it, let's say that they do that in order so that you could export and then keep working on your computer. So they don't want to use all of the juice, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the reasoning behind it. Well, you know what? Sometimes you're a event shooter and you just want to export a thousand images as fast as possible. Have somebody rec suggested having a checkbox in the export where you could say turbo mode, you know, use, right. use every available cycle. Yeah. Yeah. To export this stuff. Like, give me, give me, give it to me all of it. Or somewhere in the preferences of a drop down that says, you know, CPU usage on export, normal, you know, all whatever, you know, whatever. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, you've got a performance tab similar to that in Photoshop where, you know, how much of the GPU do you want to leverage or how much, how many yeah. undo levels? I mean, it could be in the same or in a similar panel as that. Exactly. Um, and then the other thing, which I personally would think would be fantastic, which I know they'll never do, but they should, somebody should, if anyone's ever done copyright registration for like the U S it's a pain in the neck. You have to fill out these forms and, and, you know, put in the, you know, the, the, the file name and like fill out all this, basically these big questionnaires about your images, but it's a, it's a standard questionnaire. I feel like a lot of that metadata and everything is like a title and all the rest of it is in a lot of my images. Right. Mm -hmm. So why shouldn't I be able to just grab, select a bunch of images, choose fill out forms. Right. And have it send export a PDF. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even, yeah, maybe even send them in, you know, like just do it. Send, you know, I'm sure there's got to be a way to, to speed, speed up that process because it's still really awkward. That's an interesting awkward. feature or, or feature request, I guess. I, I, I wonder if it could be done internally or even via a plug-in of some sort. Yeah. If somebody came up with that, I would pay $100 for it in a heartbeat. Um, so anyone out there who's a serious coder and wants to write an export plug-in. I just think that there's – I think that there is a – I want to find ways to do things that you do all the time faster. That's the point of something like Lightroom. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'd like to, you know, uh, be able to register my pictures with the copyright office and not have to like fill out PDF forms. 
You know, like there's got to be a better way to do it. Right. And so I, I just figured maybe there was some way to do that. So those are three things that I would love to see in Lightroom 5. But instead we get, you know, radial gradient tools. Well, you, you, you can use video now in slideshows. Ugh. You know what I mean? Apparently Lightroom's really good at doing I, I, video. I love though. that this upsets you so much. And, and, and not, not to be uh, insensitive by, by you know, the comparison, but the breaking news thing, it was, it, it just, it, it did show a little bit of the absurdity of, of, of how some of this stuff has gotten. Yeah, this, it's like this industry is all about just shilling product now. So when I see things like that, like breaking news, Adobe this and Adobe that, it's like, okay, you know, it's just a, just a piece of software <laughs> Yeah, that, that you knew a new version was going to come out this year. It's like breaking news, Ford is putting out a new Mustang. It's like, <laughs> yeah, of course they're putting out a new Mustang. <laughs> I wonder if a new iPad is going to come out. Exactly. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. Oh, it gets to me. Anyway. All right. Whatever. Um, what do you think about these Eisenstat composition rules? Speaking of I our- think, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's, 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 it's a distraction, you know, I, I mean, okay, yes, I'm sure that you can find lines and ratios and golden means and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Maybe these guys had just really great eyes. Maybe they just had a natural eye for composition. Maybe they didn't worry about, well, this subject is now approximately a third from here and this one's two thirds over. And now this one's 14 pixels up and you know, who's got time for that? No one, I, I don't know anybody other than sort of modernist graphic designers who worked from a grid back in mm -hmm. the day. I don't know anybody who actually paints like that or thinks like that. I mean, I think they just naturally do it. You know, they're not, they're not, they've internalized that stuff. Right. Um, I think that you could take any image, you could take any of my images or your images and cut them up and show how the stuff is exactly sitting on certain lines or whatever it is. You know? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I think this is, this is losing sight of the ball. Yep. This, this is, uh, I mean, maybe there's some, some, some truth to it. I don't know, but it just seems like uh, there's, there, you're searching for a magic bullet. I feel like this has a lot of room for somebody to make a parody of it. In fact, I think you should do it. You think I should do it? Yeah. Just <laughs> like, take some famous image. If you need an image, take one of mine that's not famous. Yeah. And, and just, just start drawing lines all, all over All kinds it. of lines. We yeah. can clearly see that the ratio of this to... Yeah. Yeah. What uh, Bill was doing here is... Uh, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. It was on Petapixel, but it goes, it goes a little too far. It's so many... It's not just like, oh, look, see, there's this one line. It's like, here's these 13 diagonal lines in each direction. And you're like, wait, yeah. what? And you can like, clearly see that Eisenstadt took this... Yeah. No, he didn't. And plus, you know, the other thing that kills me, too, is that we are looking at this image the way that it was probably cropped. We don't know that this is the whole image. You know, like I want to see the original negative. Who knows that it didn't go another inch and a half up and to the left? You know what I mean? If we do, if we do a send up of this, we need to get you with like a, like a sextant and an abacus. Oh my God, you know, that would like, be awesome. Like, like off, just like, off camera. <laughs> I, I have it like screwed onto my camera. So like when I'm tilting my camera, it's like I'm, I'm measuring the sun at a certain angle. That would be awesome. All right. We may need to do that. Hey, speaking of which we see, we need somebody, we really do need a, on taking pictures, uh, t-shirt. 
Oh, that would be pretty funny. Now, if you're not going to do it, then we're going to have to crowdsource to do it. Okay, but we should just we should see if we can get some people to help out because I'm not a t-shirt designer. All right, if anybody has a t-shirt designer, I know we like vaguely discussed this one day, but if you're into this kind of stuff, make a little design, put it up on the Google Plus group, or email it to us, podcast at ontakingpictures.com, and let's see if we can get some ideas going. Worst case scenario, you can flesh out an idea that somebody else comes up with that we like. Yeah, yeah, we can play around with it. Yeah. Uh, um, what, you wanted to talk to you address Rick, Rick's email. Did you want to talk yeah, about that? Wanna... So, so Rick Paulson, friend of the show, friend of the show, Rick Paulson, um, wrote in and said, uh, that he, he likes Lightroom keywords. So he said, for example, using Bill's workflow model, how would you distinguish a photo of Heather taken in different places? Does your great shot of Heather taken in Yosemite or any other place go into Heather or in Yosemite? Uh, keywords would solve this problem. I agree that it takes time to add keywords, so I would only use them where it's helpful. See, two things. I would I would take take uh, I would take what's the word? Not offense. Umbrage. Umbrage. Uh, with, with the with the <laughs> with the argument that I wouldn't know whether it was in Yosemite or Heather. You would take umbrage with the idea that you'd only use keywords some of the time. Because what's the uh, point wait, if you're I not? You, well, because you're very you're all about consistency. Right. If you're going to okay, use keywords, okay, you should use keywords all the time, right? Uh, sure. Okay. Um, I guess my answer would be that I know the few things that are on trips with Heather. I know that those are in the uh, those are in Yosemite or in Japan or whatever. But, but let's say you're you fast forward 25 years. Yeah. You know, and and like your memory is bad, like mine. All right. <laughs> And you don't remember that it was Yosemite. Like yours you was 25 years ago. That, that's right. You don't remember whether it was, was it Yosemite? Was it Zion? Where, sure. Did we, sure. did we go to Kings Canyon that year? Yes. They're, 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 I, I see your dilemma. I'm just not, it's, it's not worth the investment of time to do it the way you're talking about. Okay. Like if I'm, if I'm looking through 500 pictures I took back from the trip, I'm not going to go select, okay, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. Okay. Those are Heather and Yosemite and whatever, you know, it's like, I just, I do not have that kind of patience. Okay. Um, so for me, but, but you can, you, you can see the value in it. It just doesn't fit. It's, it's way more anal than my mind works. Okay. And my mind also, I naturally remember where something was taken. You know, I can look through my 365 portraits book and if you, I could take you to the exact spot where any one of those 365 pictures were taken. Okay. Just from memory. Just cause like that's, I have that kind of weird, you know, sort of directional thing. Okay. Um, so I, I understand what he's saying. I just, it doesn't, it wouldn't help me. He also said that he doesn't like the Lightroom star method because, uh, his, his version of what's a good picture and what's a great picture is always changing. And it's like, okay. That may be true, but usually when I'm doing a shoot, I I have to make certain decisions, right? I have to choose the ones that are getting sent back to the magazine or whatever it is. Um, so I need to make a decision of what's a good picture right now. You know, what's what are the best pictures that I think of right now? Do I go back sometimes and find things that are in the outtakes that are as good or better than the, the pictures that I chose? Mm, very, very rarely. There might be pictures that are fun or silly. Right. That, that I'll keep. I, well, look, I could see going, you know, vacillating back and forth between a four and a five. But, but somebody's I not going to go gonna... from two to five. Right. right, 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 right. 
And that's, and, and that's what I, I agree with you, Jeffrey. Um, I mean, Rick's, Rick's got a point. Everyone's got it. Look, everyone's got a different way of doing this and everyone, I think it would be more, um, I think it would be more of an issue depending on what kind of pictures you take. If you are the kind of person who just takes lots of street photos and they all kind of feel the same and some of them you like now and some of them you like the next time, like songs on an album or something like that. Sure. Um, I could understand his point, but some things naturally stand out. You know, that's just like, oh, this is the shot, you know, uh, yeah. at least for me. So thank you very much for the, uh, for the, for the email. But, uh, yeah, so that's what that is. Hey, uh, who's our photographer of the week this week? Well, you know, if, uh, <laughs> those of you who are playing the on taking pictures, drinking game, uh, <laughs> prepare to drink. <laughs> it's Jay Maisel. Is, is Jay one of the drinking people? I, th- I think Jay is the, is one of the one of the take a shot. Is he, he? I don't know if he's take a shot or or down the whole mug. Okay, I think that would be uh, Mister Lighter. Is it, is it lighter? Yeah, he okay. he would be drink the whole thing. Drink the whole thing. So Jay is merely a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Uh, you know, with with with, with good reason. Uh, photographer of the week. Jay is an amazing shooter. Been shooting a long time. Um. And shoots a lot of different kinds of stuff around New York. Basically, whatever catches his eye around New York. Yeah. And uh, and around everywhere. I mean, he travels a lot. His pictures are... Um, I love a lot of Jay's pictures, and I understand why he is the monster that he is. But I don't n- look at a Jay Maisel picture and go, oh, that's Jay Maisel. Um, I don't either, and I think that's to his credit. I, I think that... Uh, first of all, I think he's, he's got an amazing collection of, of photographs around his home, seeing the changes that have taken place in that area around his near, home. Near where he lives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I like that his eye changes. I like that, that he's, he's looking and exploring different things. Sometimes he'll be looking at lines. Sometimes he'll be looking at colors. Sometimes he'll be looking at, at negative space. And yep. I, I really like those experiments and seeing them all together really gives you an idea that this guy has a, a very hungry eye and and really does love shooting. Yeah, no, he he is a he is a master of color and composition. Yeah. Um and, and a lot of his stuff is actually very uh abstract. Mm-hmm. You know. And he's been around forever, so he's got his shots of uh Marilyn Monroe and he's got his shots of Miles Davis, like the kind of blue cover we talked about a few times. Um, you know what else I find interesting is the fact that the stuff he took on Kodachrome for years, because Jay was one of the handful of guys who was like known as one of the Kodachrome guys. Mm-hmm. Um, his his pictures, even with his new his Nikon that he uses now, he he processes them in a way that they end up looking very Kodachrome esque, even yeah. though he's shooting with a digital now. They've got that very punchy, saturate yep. reds and blues yeah. to them. Yeah, very saturated. Uh, I really love that picture of the building in the reflection with the reeds. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a beautiful shot. It looks like a painting. It looks like a, 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 a Van Gogh. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of Jay's. I like his explorations of patterns. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I love how you know he's he's. Jay's been shooting New York for so long. He's 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 kind of exploring new ways to to see New York. 
through yep. through pattern or repetition of pattern or you know little details instead of the big picture in in caps. Yep. Yeah. And you know it's interesting too. I've I've seen him speak and show collections of his say recent work where he's like, "Oh, here I went on this trip and here are the pictures that I took." Mhm. And not to put too fine a point on it, but they weren't all amazing. You know, like they were, some of them were really beautiful and they're all very, you know, they have that sort of the commonality in Jay's work, which is just, you know, that the composition is good and whatever it is, but it's not like all of them were, you know, put up on the wall keepers, you know, he was just shooting. And I like the idea that he goes on expectation. I think that there's an expectation with a certain level of photographer that, their sort of genius out of the gate that it no longer takes any work. It just sort of happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think that a lot of people listen to this show would think that, you know, you know, I was going to say Saul lighter, but I'm not going to (laughs) drink Um, (laughs) that, that people would, people would, you know, that, that, that anytime any Leibowitz takes pictures of some person that the portraits are going to be beautiful, which I don't know that that's necessarily true. I Um, would say that it's probably not true. Right. Um, so, I mean, his work is excellent, but he spends a lot of time shooting. He goes out for walks with his, uh, uh, what is What is the, uh, the D three X? Is that the 24 megapixel one? No, I think it's the S. No, the S is, no, the S is the speed one, right? Okay. So, okay. So the, whatever the 24 megapixel Nikon is with the 28 to 300 zoom, you know, that crazy giant Nikon zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what he does. He never takes it off the camera and he carries it around and he just walks around and he just takes pictures all the time. So, you know, he's, he's always looking for that thing that looks like something, you know, he's, he's very active at it. Um, and I think that that's, he's 82 years old now, I think. Uh, and, and he has just, he's still into it, you know? And I think that Which that's, is- what's really great about it. Yeah, I think that says something about when you when you find your thing, whatever your thing is, that 50 plus years down the road, you can still be excited about it and still be relevant and still be producing work that that not only inspires you, but inspires the people who have been fans of yours for yeah. 30, 40, 50 years. Yep, yep. That's that's that says something that makes a statement. Yeah. You know, I put in the show notes, I put uh, Iberian X's uh, interview with Jay for the Candid Frame. Oh, right. And he's got a couple uh, quote. He's got a bunch of quotes on this page. One of them says, the only two influences on the look of your photography, when you shoot and where you shoot from. Nice. That's it. You know, uh, it's so it's kind of it's he's got a, He's got a really cool way about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also has a really crazy building. Which I put I put a link to uh, a post on my blog where I took some pictures in his like upstairs sort of uh, main area. And then downstairs in his vault where he keeps all of his slides and stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, for, for those that don't know, he it's a, it's a, it was a bank in from the 1890s. The, yeah. Uh, in the Bowery district, isn't mm-hmm. that? Yeah. yeah. Which apparently he bought for $120,000 now worth 35 to 40 million. <laughs> nice investment. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? Anyway, Jay's great, and uh, he's also a very nice guy when he's not being grumpy. <laughs> when he's not being grumpy, you know, there's a great, there's that great picture of um, Jay. Uh, he's got he's got that crazy water tower on his roof, 
And uh, there's a picture in that uh, Lone Guard book, the John Lone Guard book. Right. Of, of Jay, I think it's on that book of Jay, like hooked in with a harness. Like he's up on the, he's up on the, oh, on the water tower. Yeah. He's on the ladder going up the water tower and he's like hooked on and then just like leaning back and like putting his weight on the harness and like taking pictures off into the distance. Nope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it wasn't that long ago. It's not like when he was like 30, you know, it's like when yeah. he was in his sixties or something. No, no, no. Yeah. He's also, he's because he's 82, he's shot forever. You know what I mean? Like there's stuff in here that he shot on Kodachrome in the 1950s. And then there's stuff that's from today. Mm -hmm. He's been shooting for 60 years. This guy's been around. Uh, Yeah, look at that. First page of pictures of his. Like one of mine is one of the first ones that comes up. See? Fancy. That's funny. Yeah, nice picture I took of Jay. It's an all right picture. That's when he yelled at me. Uh, Well, you you deserved it. You are an (laughs) F&A hole. All right. So uh, where can people get a hold of us? Podcast at ontakingpictures.com is the email address. They can go find us on their Google Plus page. If you search yeah, for Ontaking Pictures uh, on Google Plus. Still going strong. Thank yep. you very much, everybody who is uh, participating and, and a part of that. We get some great photos that are being posted. We get great discussions. It's a nice community. Um, it really is. Yeah. Uh, several people in there have commented on uh, how, how just supportive commentary has been which yep. i think is really cool uh you and i tweet uh five by five or i'm sorry at, at bill wadman and you're at jeffrey Sadoris. right j-e-f-f-e-r-y-s-a-d-d-o-r-i-s we are, we are on five by five though and uh we are on five by five dot tv slash otp slash 51 would get to today's show notes um anything else uh i don't think so i think i'm good you? Uh, no, I think that's it. I think I think we are good. I think that was a long show, so it's good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else for next week? What are uh, we going to talk about next week? What what uh, other what thing are we going to argue about next week? <laughs> I don't know. We'll think of something. Uh, it's spirited debate. You know what? Next week I'm going to be in a good mood and be all about talking about passion. That's what's going to happen. That'd be a nice switch. Today I'm cranky, so <laughs> you get. Is it like that? I keep, I keep, I keep. All right, we'll talk to you later, Jeffrey. Have a good week.